energy experts are always telling us to do a home energy audit. Now, for some people, it's like going to the doctor and they're resistant to it. But there's a very good reason to do this home energy audit. And that's because you can identify where you're using your energy and where you have the biggest potential for savings. Basically, if you can measure it, you can save it. And you can identify those big energy hogs like lighting or refrigeration. And in many cases, you're going to find a very cost-effective way to replace um, equipment or change your habits that are going to save a lot of money inexpensively. Now, energy audit programs have been around for a long time. And back in the, the late 70s, we used to use an IBM 360 with punch cards. And I remember programming this thing in Fortran and had a big box full of punch cards. And if you dropped the punch cards, your program was kind of uh, shuffled. It wasn't the easiest way to do things. But, you know, the results we got back then were pretty good uh, and very, very similar uh, to, to what we're able to do now, especially um, in, in those days if you really like dot matrix printing instead of a nice, you know, four-color laser printer output. But uh, energy audits have come a long way in terms of ease of use. You can hire a professional energy auditor, and um, that might cost you $500 or so to come out to your house, walk around, measure things, take a look at your appliances, look at your thermostat, and um, give you some very good advice. Uh, so that's kind of at one end of the spectrum. At the other end of the spectrum, you can get, in many cases, a free, quote, free utility energy audit. And those, in my experience, are usually very cursory. Uh, the, the third option, which is the one that I like, and it's, it's not that daunting at all, is just a do-it-yourself energy audit. But what it depends on is having some really good software that's easy to use and accurate. So about a dozen years ago, I started looking around for a good, free, easy-to-use energy audit program. Now, usually, whenever you're looking around for something, you're never going to find something that's good, cheap, and easy. But in the case of these energy audit programs, um, I did find one that's really, really good. Uh, it does exist. And surprisingly, it's from our government. It's called the DOE Home Energy Saver Program. And this Home Energy Saver Program is a web-based energy audit tool. It was developed by the U.S. Department of Energy's Lawrence Berkeley National Lab. And you can find it and go there. Um, just go to www.hes.lbl.gov. Or if you're lazy, just do what I do and you just type in Home Energy Saver Program and bingo, there you go. So what we're going to do today is uh, do a live home energy audit on, on my home here in the San Jose area. And um, it's going to take, uh, well, you, we'll use up most of the show to do that, but we'll um, go through the whole data entry, data entry screens, and then we'll push the uh, calculate button, and then we'll take a look and see what the results are. So here we are. I'm just going to the hes.lbl.gov page, and it's uh, starting off and asking me a bunch of general questions about uh, the house that I live in, uh, my, my name, my email address. Um, it, it wants to know your location so it can plug in the local weather conditions. It, it's asking me the year the house was built. I'm typing in 1960. Um, and these are introductory questions. And then the next question, which is a good one, and, and, and it sometimes knows this, but, uh, but this is some of the variable information. It wants to know my energy prices. So this is one area where the program's not perfect. It's asking what my electric rate is. And um, I, I'm on the tiered rates at PG&E, so I'm just going to put in, as an average, 25 cents a kilowatt hour. It's also asking what my natural gas rate is, uh, and, and PG&E's rates range from about 99 cents per therm to about a dollar and a quarter a therm. I'm just going to put in a dollar ten a therm. 
Um, it also asks about liquid propane gas and fuel oil, but we're not using that. So next screen. Bingo. Okay, now it's asking me about the shape and the size of my house. Uh, what direction is the front door facing? East. How many stories? I got a one-story house. What's the interior floor-to-ceiling height? Eight feet, so pretty much uh, all standard here. Now it's asking me to describe the house shape and the dimensions, and uh, there's a bunch of different choices here, rectangle, L-shape, um, U-shape, townhouse, T-shape. My house is closest to a T-shape, so I'm going to click on that. And then it's asking me to type in the dimensions of all the walls. Now, there's there's um, there's two ways to do this. Uh, the One way is to go out there with a tape measure and kind of measure it off or pace it off. The, the lazy way is to go to Google Earth and then uh, go into SketchUp or one of the programs they have there. And there's a tape measure, and you can actually go and find the satellite picture of your house, use the tape measure, and then just measure the length of the walls. That's what I did. That was pretty quick. Next page. Okay, now it's asking about the exterior shading. Um, the, the purpose of these questions is to see how much um, sunlight load you have, how, how much the sun is going to increase the temperature of, of your house. So it's asking about the, the size of the eaves and the height of the shade trees and things like that. So the eaves or the extensions of the roof over my house are around two feet around all perimeter. And uh, it's asking about shade trees, and I don't have anything on the front right back, but I've got some trees on the left. So I typed in those are 25 feet. Height of neighboring houses. N none of the neighboring houses come close to my house, so I'm just leaving that blank. And next page. So we may want to compress these next pages, but okay. Next question, and this is this. These are important questions. It's asking about the air tightness. How, how much leakage is in the house? Uh, and depending on the location you're in, especially if you're in a cold climate, if you have a very tight house, it's going to be more energy efficient. It's a very leaky house if there's um, breezes or air leaking in through the windows or doors or, or walls. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna lose a lot of energy there. So the the question here is: Does the house have weather stripping and or caulking to prevent air leakage? Uh, my house is yes. And then enter the measured or estimated air leakage rate. I don't know what that is, and that's the one thing that your five hundred or thousand dollar energy audit's going to do is they're going to actually put a, a a pressure fan on your house and and accurately measure that. Um, but to me, um, in most cases, that's not quite worth it. So I didn't do that. I'm just leaving that blank. So next page. Foundation and floor. Uh, I have a slab on grade foundation. There's no insulation on the floor, and so that one's done. Now it's asking me on the next page about the insulation in the walls. Do all the walls have similar construction? Yes. What kind of uh, color is the exterior surface? And it's asking about that question because that has an impact on the, the heat uh, load that you get in the summer. So I've got kind of a light color. And now it's asking about the construction type of the house. I have a wood frame with stucco. And I have uh, R7 insulation. That's two or three inches of insulation. That's typically what you'd have on a medium-age house. Um, newer houses may have, will have more. But I've got an older house, so I clicked on that. Now it's asking about doors and windows. So I've got one door on the front of the house, and it's uninsulated wood. I've got uh, no doors on the right side, two doors on the back of the house, uninsulated wood, and one door on the left side. And now it's asking about windows. Does the house have different types of windows on each side? Well, my house has pretty much all the same relatively new um, vinyl double-glazed windows. So I'm clicking on the type of window, which is wood or vinyl. They're all double 
pane because the house was upgraded. And it's asking now about the area of the windows in the front. I got about 60 feet, right 36, back 60 feet, left 36. So just basically measure the square footage of all the windows there, put those in. Um, next question, window insulation and shading. Um, it's asking about heavy curtains that would provide some extra insulation or things like that. I have Venetian blinds on a lot of the windows, so I, I marked it where appropriate. Next page. Skylights. I have no skylights, so I kind of skipped through that question. But if you have skylights, you can enter those in. Uh, those are going to be uh, sucking out some energy and adding some heat. Attic and roof. So what's the attic or ceiling type? I have an unconditioned attic. There's R11, which is four to six inches of fiberglass insulation between this ceiling and the rest of the house. How dark is the exterior surface of the roof? It's medium. Slope of the roof is about 18 degrees. Um, I have composition shingles. I'm clicking that option off. Radiant barrier, no. And on to the next page. Ducts and pipes. So uh, this is an important question. Where are the air ducts located? Now, not all houses will have air ducts. Sometimes you'll have hot water pipes, and that'll be that'll direct you towards a different type of question. So are the ducts insulated? Mine are insulated. Are they sealed? These are kind of old, so there's some tape around it, but it's not great, so I'm answering that as a no. Boiler details. Um, I don't have a boiler because I have forced hot air. So next. Thermostat. So here's, this is a really important set of questions. How do you, what kind of thermostat you have and what are the settings that you have on the thermostat? So um, I recommend that everybody get a programmable thermostat. That's what we have. Um, so settings change during the day and evening. Yes. So if I click on that yes button, now it's going to ask me what are the temperatures that I have the thermostat set in the morning during the day when we're gone, in the evening, and at night. And you know, for me, it's at about uh, 68, 68 degrees in the morning. It, it stays that way all day because there's people kind of in and out of the house. In, in the evening, it goes up to 70, and at night, we turn it down to 62. It asks for cooling. I don't have any cooling, so I just kind of left all those blank. And on the weekend, uh, I have basically the same temperature settings, but um, we don't warm the house up until a little bit later because I like to sleep late on weekends. Next page. Heating equipment. Type of heating system. Central gas furnace. Uh, capacity. I didn't look at that, but it was put in in 2011, so it's relatively new. Percentage of the house floor area heated. 100%. Next. Cooling equipment. No cooling equipment. That whole set of questions is easy. We don't have it fans or anything else like that, so we're moving right on. Water heating. We use uh, pipe natural gas. It's a relatively new 2010 hot water heater. It's located in the garage. And it's a 75-gallon tank. And now it's asking, is an adult home on weekdays? Yes, because they want to know um, if you're going to keep that temperature setting there. And what's the temperature setting? I have the setting set on high because sometimes i got a lot of people taking showers all at the same time. And it's the only one to maintain, only way to maintain peace in the house if I keep enough hot water for everybody. Next question is asking about lighting. And it's simply a matter of entering in the number of fixtures. And if you want to, more details about the lights that you have in all the rooms in the house, kitchen, dining room, living room, family room, master bedroom, et cetera, et cetera. And this is where you can add in the exact type of lights that you have, which is very important. So if you have fluorescence or CFLs or incandescence or LEDs, identify it there. And the program's gonna add up the number of watts you're using based on your usage. Next question, refrigerators. How many refrigerators do you have? Well, you know, I've, every, everybody's got one, and then some pe many people have two. I actually have, uh, let's just call it three. 
But um, I've got one fridge in the kitchen. It's a big side-by-side fridge. I have an older, another fridge that I bought maybe seven or eight years ago in the garage that is kind of handling leftovers, and that's basically an expensive leftover storage unit. That's a side-by-side fridge. And then I have a couple of little wine coolers that I'm just identifying as uh, small refrigerators, but they're using up a lot of juice. No freezers, and uh, that's it for the refrigerators. Now it's asking for cooking and dishwashing. We have a stove that's got electricity. Um, the oven's electric and the dishwasher's electric and uh, the dishwasher's not Energy Star. It's kind of an older unit. Laundry, clothes washer. We um, don't have an Energy Star clothes washer and it asked me how many loads of wash we do and, and this was one of those where I kind of winged it and guessed. Um, our clothes stay pretty clean, but I'm not in charge of the laundry, so I don't know, but I figured we do like a, a load a day. And then the dryer, this is important, it's an electric dryer. And uh, we dry as many loads as we wash. Hot tubs, spas, and pumps. We don't have a pool. We don't have a spa. We don't have a, a sewage ejection pump or a well pump. So those are all leaving blank. And now we're asking for entertainment things. How many TVs do we have? We have one TV. We only watch it about four hours a week, but it's a plasma, so it uses a lot of juice. Uh, we have cable. We don't have a, we're not using satellite dish right now. Audio equipment, we've got an audio receiver and a tuner, um, and I use that about four hours a week. There's also a, a tube audio system, but there's no option for uh, vacuum tubes here. I guess uh, this is a newer program and not something from the 50s, so I put that in somewhere else. Home office, this is important because you use a lot of things here. We have a total of four laptops plugged in. We have a laser printer, and we have a lot of um, little chargers and DSL um, and, and routers kind of sitting around the house. So I put those in and the, the number of hours they're running. Miscellaneous kitchen equipment, filled all that in. Toaster, coffee maker, uh, microwave. And other appliances, well, we use the vacuum cleaner, cordless and upright every once in a while. And then miscellaneous electric items, there's a garage door opener, there's a hair dryer. Um, and then uh, this is where I put in my tube stereo amp that I use at about an hour a day and it draws about 235 watts. So that's it. Um, that entered in all the components and things in the house. And now let's push the calculate button here and it's going to calculate the energy usage. Okay, we've got the results here. It shows that the um, uh, it added up the yearly energy usage in my house. And uh, the first thing I wanted to do is compare what it what the program calculated for my electricity usage in kilowatt hours and heating usage in therms to what we actually use on our bill. And you want that to be pretty close. So here, um, the program said I was using 59.71 kilowatt hours, and really I used 49.12, but um, I might not have entered everything accurately. And also I have four solar panels on a shed in the back, and they put out about 1,200 kilowatt hours a year. So we're pretty close there. On the heating side, um, we it says we use 998 therms. We really use 920, and um, that's probably because we turn the thermostat off um, when when we're out as much as possible. Um, so so if you should compare it, and if it doesn't match fairly closely, you should try and fiddle around with some of the major things like the temperature usage and your appliance usage to, to get it to match better. That way you're going to calculate your savings more accurately. All right, so now the recommendations. It prints out a really great summary of um, recommendations, and it also prints out a really great breakdown of where I'm using my energy. So for my house... 
34% of my energy, my expenses are for heating, 11% are for hot water, 39% are for large appliances, 9% for small appliances, and 7% for lighting. Now, when we break it down a little bit more accurately as far as electric, 61% of my electric usage is large appliances. That says, that says mostly pesky refrigerators and laundry. Um, uh, the rest of it, um, I'm su surprisingly using about 10% of my electricity for heating, and that's to run the heating fan. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, on the, uh, the heating side, 66% uh, of my energy is used for heating the house. That's only during the winter, really. 25%, um, which is a year-round expense for hot water, and 9% for laundry. Now, here's some of the recommendations, and this is, this is where I find it really, really interesting. Okay, so the, what, what the program does is it looks for the uh, changes you can make that are going to give you relatively fast paybacks, typically under 10 years. And, um, th you know, these are a lot of the things that I've been talking to people about on the radio since we started the show. Um, priority, indoor lighting, so mostly fix your lights, w clothes washing, uh, clothes drying, and then some of your big appliances, uh, big heating systems, gas, wa hot water heater, and gas furnaces. Um, and, and other things that you may hear about all the time, you know, insulate your roof or put in new double-glazed windows or triple-glazed windows or insulate the wall. They don't really have a great payback here in San Jose. Other parts of the country, you may have a real terrific payback. So specifically looking at lighting, um, what it's asking me to do is put in more CFLs and LEDs, and there are a number of fixtures in the bedroom and in the kitchen that I just, for whatever reason, I haven't gotten around to putting in those LEDs or CFLs. And uh, as, as a result of the work I just did today, I think I'm going to go to the big box store and uh, buy a bunch of LED light bulbs. They're getting down in price and, and put those in. Um, that'll give me about a four or five-year payback. Um, the next one which is kind of interesting, is replacing the clothes washer and replacing the clothes dryer. And, and what, what it's talking about here is when your appliance dies, it's definitely worth replacing it with a high-efficiency ENERGY STAR appliance. Um, the payback is going to be really long if you say, well, it's working fine, I'm going to go buy a brand-new unit now. That's generally not a good idea. But um, if, if it's going to die, invest in the most efficient one you can. And it's also asking me, which is a really good recommendation, to install a gas dryer instead of an electric dryer. Gas dryers are cheaper to operate. We, we've talked about that. So that's definitely a thing to do. Okay, now, um, a couple of things that the program missed. Um, and, and this is one of those nagging things, but I think it's just always good. Um, Everybody should be very careful and aggressive about how you set that thermostat. So there's a lot of new thermostats out on the market that, that um, like the Nest and some others that are going to kind of watch your behavior and automatically set themselves. Those are going to save you a little bit. Or you can just have that setback thermostat and make sure that you set the temperature um, in, in the winter as low as you can tolerate. Wear a sweater. And in the summer, you know, you don't want to make the house like a refrigerator. Now, the next thing that this program kind of missed, and this is, this is really a, a personal uh, pet peeve of mine is it completely misses the concept of solar power. Uh, it's looking at all these renovations like insulating your, your windows or doors or, or putting in new appliances and it's coming up with things that have paybacks of, you know, heck, it's 124 years to increase my wall insulation to R11. But it missed solar. And if I just looked at uh, some basic prices on solar and if I um, added to my system so I went from my four little solar panels on a shed to add another 4,900 watts of panels. I'd end up with a nine-year payback on that. 
and that's pretty darn good um, compared to almost everything else. So um, all in all, this is a great program. It's the DOE Home Energy Saver Program. And, um, you know, I definitely recommend that you use it. And one of the things that I did a few years ago is I, I did a study using this program for, for 10 cities all around the country. And I wanted to find out what, uh, for, for, for old houses, for average houses and new houses, what this program would recommend to kind of improve the energy efficiency uh, in the house. And the results were, were pretty surprising and very, very counter to the conventional wisdom that we've always been hearing of, you know, caulking and insulating and, and uh, new windows. What it found, and it's completely consistent with, with what we just talked about today, first, lighting retrofits are almost always cost-effective. You've got paybacks of less than a year. That's if you put in CFLs. If you put in LEDs, it might be five years. Pricing's getting better. Um, the, the surprise was that weatherization and insulation energy efficiency measures like caulking and, and new insulation in the walls and roof are only cost-effective in old homes in cold climates. If you have a new home or an average home, or if you're in a warm or, or temperate climate, it doesn't pay back. And here in Silicon Valley, even if you have a, a crummy insulation in the walls, you're, you're going to have a long payback to increase that insulation. Whereas if you have a crummy insulation in, you know, in the Boston area, um, definitely you want to fix it. So um, these building shell and ventilation energy, energy retrofit measures, uh, you, you really want to be in cold climates in order to, to pay that, in order to get a good payback on that. The next thing is rooftop solar power systems have good paybacks regardless of the home condition in sunny areas and in areas where you have high electric rates or high incentives. And you've got paybacks of 5 to 15 years. I mean, you know, from my house here, I got a nine-year payback and my electric bill goes to zero. And, you know, it's, very, it's impossible to get your heating system to go to zero, but you can do it with a solar power system. Uh, solar thermal systems, these are to heat hot water, have really good paybacks when the fuel source for the hot water is electricity or propane, or if you have really good incentives. But otherwise, um, in many places, solar thermal doesn't have a great payback. That's because natural gas is so cheap. And, and finally, in almost every case, upgrading to an ENERGY STAR appliance is, is cost-effective when you're replacing something that's broken or obsolete. But it's generally not cost-effective to put in that you know, high-efficiency ENERGY STAR refrigerator or dryer if what you have is still working. So you know, run it until it dies um, or it, until it's hideously old and then replace it to the, the latest and greatest thing. 